Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the reading of the June edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn, starting with a front page article, Lightning Sparks Fire at Crestone House on Galena Avenue. A lightning-sparked house fire above town drew fire departments from across the valley. At 5.20 p.m. on May 22nd, lightning struck a straw bale home at 800 Galena Avenue, starting a fire in the ceiling. There was no lightning arrestor. The tenant reported the fire to the Colorado State Police, and they alerted the Crestone Fire Department which was first on the scene, according to Crestone Fire Chief Craig Tomoski. Baca Fire Department arrived on scene next, followed by Moffat, Via Grove, and Swatch County Fire Departments. At least 25 responders were on the scene, said Tomoski. EMTs on scene aided the firefighters as they emerged from the interior of the house. No injuries were reported. Crestone's firefighters all use oxygen and full protective equipment. When the firefighters arrived, they had to break through the tongue-in-groove ceiling to douse the flames. In the process, the straw bales in the walls got wet. This, plus recent heavy rain, may cause mold, further damaging the structure. After five hours, their efforts were complete, and they were able to pack up at 10.30 p.m. Their efforts saved the fire from spreading to the surrounding trees and beyond. The owners of the home are out of the country. The Crestone Fire Department is looking for volunteers. Those interested, go to the website crestonefire.com. And now turning to letters to the editor, support for Lockhart. Dear editor, my name is Dan Frauka. I'm a resident of Crestone and the San Luis Valley. As a former member of the Crestone Baca Energy Committee, which came out of the 2017 Crestone Baca Resiliency Search Conference, a past board member of the Crestone Eagle Community Media Nonprofit, a renewable energy advocate, and solar consultant for Divergent Solar, I continue to support Wade Lockhart as director at large on the San Luis Valley Rural Electric Co op Board. It is imperative for our community, state, and world for all of us to do what we can to address the continuing threat of global warming. A balanced approach to providing electricity to the SLV is required to continue electric distribution from multiple sources and move toward renewables in an aggressive yet sustainable way. Change takes time, but change we must. Wade is providing a newer progressive voice on the SLVREC board to help educate and encourage change in the way SLVREC does business. I encourage all eligible voters to cast their vote for Wade. Wade Lockhart has served four years on the San Luis Valley Rural Electric Co-op Board as director at large. He serves all six SLV counties with their diverse demographics and perspectives. As he puts it, I represent all members, residential, commercial, and agriculture, and my primary aims are making our power supply more sustainable, affordable, and secure. Voting is by mail-in ballot, which started May 11th, or at the SLVREC annual meeting on June 13th. For more info, call SLVREC at 
3538. Vote for Wade Lockhart on the SLV REC Board of Directors. Again, this was written by Dan Frelka, Crestone, Colorado. And another letter to the editor. Support for Lockhart. Dear Editor, We support Wade Lockhart and are grateful for his imminent re-election to the SLV REC Board of Directors. His platform is based on the representation of all constituents in the San Luis Valley, which is so important at this time of great change and evolution for the SLV in Colorado. We must work through the current crippling polarity into a place of functioning unity. This certainly doesn't mean we need to all think the same way. True community consensus is a result of receiving and acknowledging diverse views. Recognizing our interdependence is the only way forward. We and many others in Crestone, Baca, and Moffat have serious concerns about our current vulnerability by having only one electrical transmission line into the valley. That line could go down with any potential disruption over Pancha Pass, including the danger of fire. We need to fortify our local SLV power generation so it can be utilized locally and require less inbound transmission from Tri-State, SLV REC's power supplier. Also, SLVREC should renegotiate how much power we can produce locally. Currently, they are limited to supply only 5% of their total power load from local renewable sources. This no longer makes sense and limits SLVREC's ability to develop capacity and resiliency. Wade completely understands this and is actively working to build local renewable energy generation. Large centralized power grids and long transmission lines are inefficient and risky. It's better to have local energy sources and independent microgrids so that we can have redundancy in place if the grid goes down. Renewables can be an effective bridge strategy for electrical generation, and the SLV is one of the most ideal locations in the U.S. for solar power efficiency. Other forms of renewable generation, like geothermal, are also possible. We need the spirit, willingness, and the action to be innovative and self-reliant and to develop solutions that are more immediately available. Greater control over these strategies means greater independence and resilience. We can accomplish all of this with Wade Lockhart's representation on the SLV REC Board of Directors. Respectfully, respectfully David Hill, Kyle Grote, Chokurai Ranch, Leroy West, Crestone, Baca Grande, and Moffat. And now we have this opinion piece by Nick Navaris. Homeowners must contest incorrect assessments in light of significant increases. It began with a call from an elderly couple in town. Hi, we don't want to put our house on the market, but we need help as we received an assessment from the county on our house that we think is incorrect. Can you help us? I scheduled time to meet the following week, but in the meantime decided to do some digging. I knew assessments were going up across the valley, but did not have a direct interface with someone who had a significant increase. I started asking around and found that nearly every homeowner I spoke to had an increase, at the minimum 60%, sometimes over 100%, and in one instance a 250% increase. 
I was flabbergasted and wanted to understand how the county was justifying these increases as many of the situations were obviously not properties that would warrant the valuations that they received. I called the assessor's office and first spoke to one of the county assessors, Pete Peterson's assistants. When I started to ask hard questions, she quickly sent me to the assessor himself. I explained that I was getting calls regarding assessments and trying to understand what was going on. Specifically, why people were being assessed at such high values. He then told me he was required to reassess every other year, but this year they had a new AI program that automatically attributed values to properties. He said that if people don't agree, they have the option to contest the valuation by June 8th. Honestly, I was shocked. Computer programs are good at figuring out value in a cookie-cutter neighborhood like suburban Texas, but out here, where one piece of property, literally 30 yards from another, can vary by tens of thousands of dollars based on various nuances, such as a creek property, tap fees paid if water and sewer lines are available by the property, etc., I couldn't see how such a program could do the job accurately. Sadly, I was correct. When I met the elderly couple who had called me originally and they showed me their property's assessment at over $800,000 for a 1,700-square-foot dated home in town built on only enough property to build a single house based on zoning, a modest yard with no outbuildings other than a small shed, I couldn't help but get upset. As a realtor, I knew the house would never be put on the market for more than the high 300s, maybe low 400s if the market was again going wild, but there is literally no chance I'd currently be able to sell it for $600,000, let alone $800,000. It is a travesty what is now happening, and I encourage everyone who has received an outlandish valuation to fight it. Here, the link to the form to submit your to the assessor Sorry, a link to the form to submit to the assessor to protest your valuation, which must be done before June 8th, is tinyurl.com slash little m, little u, the number 8, little e, little d, little b, the number 4, the number 6. Again, that URL is tinyurl.com slash little m, little u, the number 8, little e, little d, little b, the number 4, and the number 6. The Colorado House just also passed a tax reduction bill, recognizing how these increases both marginalize people on fixed incomes and destroy communities. That's Colorado House Bill SB 23-303. Vibrancy comes from diversity, and it is important that we continue to have people from all socioeconomic levels in Crestone, not just the ones who can afford higher taxes. If your property is not valued properly, I urge you to go on to the MLS, that's at recolorado.com, and search for houses or land that have closed prior to June 2022 with similar parameters to yours. That would provide proof that you need for your protest. 
And we have a public notice from Swatch County, Notice of 2023 Commissioner Redistricting. A public hearing will be held on June 6, 2023 for redistricting Commissioner District Boundaries pursuant to CRS 30-10-3061. In no event shall there be more than 5% deviation between the most populous and the least populous district in each county, at the time such district boundaries are adopted. The hearing will be held at the Road and Bridge Department located at 305 3rd Street, Sawatch County at 5 p.m. A draft copy of a map with the boundary changes will be available for viewing, followed by a 30-day public comment period. Proposed redistricting map may be viewed at the Sawatch County Clerk and Recorder's Office at 501 4th Street in Sawatch. For more information, contact Wendy Mays, Sawatch County Administrator, at 719-655-2231 or email at wmaez at swatchcounty-co.gov. And speaking of Swatch, let's turn to Swatch County News written by Sandia Belgrade. Protecting the Valley's Water In this time of climate change, water in the San Luis Valley is the lifeblood of our lives and economic well-being. Since 1976, the aquifer has dropped 1.3 million acre-feet. It will take 900,000 acre-feet of water to meet the SLV's minimum recovery goals. There have been numerous attempts to export water out of the valley. In response, the Regional Council of Governments, COG, consisting of all six counties in the valley, is working to establish the San Luis Valley Planning Area to protect surface and groundwater resources. This partnership will allow a coordinated approach that will prevent any future attempts to export water from the SLV. The proposed resolution, which has several dimensions, is too long to print here, but it is published in full on the Swatch County website. A public hearing will be held on Tuesday, June 6, at 1 p.m. for residents to offer comments. Other water concerns. There are water issues within our county that still need a great deal of attention, and such is the case with Subdistrict 5. In a well-run work session with the Subdistrict 5 Board of Managers and Program Manager, the Sawatch County Commissioners, their attorney, and land use personnel, there was an explanation of the purpose of county regulations, the county's concerns with operations, and the importance of compliance. Hopefully, this will resolve contentious issues that have arisen in the past. Efforts are being made to demonstrate that water parameters in our county differ from those of the state model that declares Subdistrict 5 water as sustainable. The county has been working with the company Quantum Water to gather more accurate data. Swatch County still has to deal with augmentation or replacement water to the Rio Grande Basin for the purpose of replacing injurious depletions caused by the overuse of water within the SLV. Swatch Housing Authority Evan Samora, the Sawatch County Housing Authority Director, reported that he is working with Energy Resource Center to install heat pumps, wall-mounted heaters, air conditioners, and solar panels on the Blue Water Hacienda's property in Sawatch. The project has been two years in the making. The absence of eagerly awaited components has delayed the project. However, Samora is hoping to start generating electricity by this summer. The heat pumps used are engineered specifically for our region. Heat pumps are generally three times more efficient than electric baseboard heaters. The blue, 
water haciendas should be net zero energized by solar energy on an annual basis, meaning the energy produced by the solar technology equals the energy required to develop and operate it, and, if not, very close. Solar at the second property, Puerto del Norte, will depend on a few factors, including potential replacement of the roof. Grant Awards. The Sawatch County Housing Authority is still waiting to hear the status of a transformational housing grant for the 250 Gunnison Avenue location in Sawatch. Two other congressionally directed funding requests were submitted to Senator Bennett's and Senator Hickenlooper's offices as well. One of the congressional spending applications has passed the first hurdle for funding. County Commissioner Tom McCracken stated he is still interested in developing affordable housing in the Crestone area. He suggested that Casita Park would be ideal since the county already owns property there. Commissioner Liza Marone suggested they put out a request for a proposal to find someone who can develop a design template for affordable housing that can be replicated. County Redistricting the county commissioners met with Pete McGee from the SLV GIS GPS Authority, which develops and maintains geographic information systems, GIS, and global positioning systems, GPS, for the valley. The county's population has grown, and they discussed the process of redistricting. According to the 2020 census, approximately 6,368 residents live in Sawatch County. Since the county is divided into three districts, the redistricting process will assure each of them has equal population representation. As it turns out, only a small shifting of district lines is needed for approximately 200 people to be added to District 2. It's good to keep in mind that our commissioners are elected at large and all residents vote for the commissioners, regardless of what district they are in. There will also be a hearing at which time residents can protest or comment for up to 30 days. Trish Gilbert, the county clerk and recorder, will have contact, sorry, will contact voters if they have a change in district and will reassign them to their new district. Hazard Mitigation Plan a planning process that began in February 2022 has resulted in an update to each of the SLV County's existing hazard mitigation plan. There is now one cohesive regional plan. The plan assesses risks for natural, human health, and human-caused hazards and identifies ways to reduce those risks. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, has formally approved this update, which ensures that all SLV counties remain eligible for FEMA Hazard Mitigation Assistance Grant programs. FEMA requires this plan to be updated every five years, and an up-to-date plan is required for certain types of federal disaster assistance and grants for hazard mitigation projects. All participating jurisdictions in the Swatch County, towns of Center, Crestone, Moffat, and Swatch, have formally adopted the updated hazard mitigation plan, which maintains their continued eligibility for federal mitigation assistance grants. The updated hazard mitiga mitigation plan can be downloaded from the county website. Sawatch County Emergency Manager Robert Wolls has excelled in ensuring the safety and preparation of those who live there. Social Services Requests Equity County Social Services Director Christina Wilson reported that her staff is questioning whether the system is equitable. Staff start out at a rate lower than road and bridge employees and have to go through intensive training. 
Wilson noted that there is a high number of open child protection cases at this time. The daycare program is having difficulty finding workers, possibly because background checks and drug testing is required. Commissioners approve GORP, GPLI, letter of support. Sawatch County Commissioners have been considering Senator Michael Bennett's draft of the Gunnison Outdoor Resources Protection, GORP, Act for several years. The area in question runs through both Gunnison County and Sawatch County and aims to protect and preserve 2.5 million acres of public lands that include a wildlife corridor vital, vital to, to the Gunnison sage-grouse, a federally listed and threatened species. Management tools must balance the needs of wildlife with grazing permits, recreation, and the land itself. Chris Canale of the SLV Ecosystem Council listed wildlife protection, taking care of soil, and encouraging partnerships as top priorities for adapting to, to, to climate change. The vote passed 2-1 to one with Commissioner Lynn Thompson voting against it. A follow-up to the sales tax grant. During the public comment period, Adrienne Garbini offered a very articulate response to the commissioners who rejected her group's sales tax grant application. Her group is working in partnership with an American Indian program that is trying to build capacity. No funding means cutting off a cultural program. During the ensuing discussion, the commissioners got a better idea of the request and voted unanimously to award the request. I would like to add that Commissioner McCracken corrected the figures I had initially quoted in last month's Eagle. The total awarded by the county was actually over $300,000, a generous sum that will make a difference to many groups. Positive Responses to Code Enforcement There are still 100 open cases, but several of those cited have begun the permitting process, including septic permits. Out-of-state landowners who want their property improved are contacting the county. The improvement is a combination of peer pressure, the new nuisance code, and oversight by code enforcer Don McDonald, Amber, Amber Wilson, Head of the Land Use Department said McDonald has been a great asset to the county. The Land Use Office will hold a series of education and outreach meetings for the public on the passage of the Nuisance Code. Please see the website for the dates and times in your area. Over the last 10 years of covering county news, I do not remember a Board of Commissioners being so open to hearing residents on numerous issues affecting them. Some of the county hearings are also happening because we have an awakened citizenry. It is participatory democracy in action. Noteworthy items. Mona Lovato, Sawatch County Public Health Director, officially removed the disaster declaration of 3-14-2023. Randall Arandado of Road and Bridge reported that the new cell at the landfill is making good progress. Clinic discussion. Sawatch residents were concerned that there was such poor cleanup at the Sawatch Clinic Restoration Worksite. It poses a hazard to residents and people who are getting physical therapy at the clinic. In upcoming events, Death Cafe set for June 10th. Want to talk about something hush-hush, something taboo, something that involves every one of us but is rarely the subject of conversation around the table with cookies and tea? Here's your chance. The Crestone End of Life Project, CEOLP, is hosting a Death Cafe on Saturday, June 10th from 3 to 5 p.m. at Cloud Station in downtown Crestone. It's free and it's an opportunity to share your thoughts, feelings, and experiences around the subject of dying and death in a comfortable, relaxed atmosphere and to listen to others do the same. 
and June 8th to 11th, Carnival by the Rio at Cole Park in Alamosa. Pre-sale tickets are on sale at the Alamosa Family Rec Center. The Carnival will start at 5 p.m. on Thursday and Friday and at noon on Saturday and Sunday. And at the library, summer reading program begins June 6th, ages 3 to 18. Sign up at the libraries, earn points per page read, trade in points for prizes. And fairy wing workshop and photo shoot June 7th at 5 p.m. at the Baca Grand Library, all ages. And there's a Call of the Wild Outdoor Skills program June 13th at both libraries, noon to 2 at the Swatch Public Library and 4 to 6 p.m. at the Baca Ground Library for ages 7 and up. This course will teach a variety of outdoor and survival skills depicted in some of the world's best-selling outdoor-themed books, such as Call of the Wild, The Hunger Games, My Side of the Mountain, and Hatchet. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, Please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.